Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're continuing to monitor. Uh, President Biden is expected to give remarks uh, any moment now on the uh, vaccines and boosters and maybe a few things. We're even hearing a little bit of chatter that he might take a few questions, which would be interesting. In the meantime, we want to continue to break down what we've been following as it relates to Afghanistan. Of course, we've been listening uh, just within the last hour. uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, along with uh, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, gave remarks as well as took questions from reporters in terms of the state and lay of the land in Afghanistan. And helping us break it all down is our good friend Andy Field from ABC News. Andy, thanks for hopping on with us today. Thank you, Boyd. Uh, yeah, that was that was quite a news conference. I don't know if you, you broadcast that live, but I did listen to most of it. And uh, I think one of the more startling things is how limited – the U.S. military's actions are in Afghanistan. Uh, we're told that the U.S. is going to have upwards of 6,000 troops securing the airport, and that's about it. Uh, if you want to get to the airport, the U.S. State Department's already issued a warning saying that the United States government cannot assure safe passage from Kabul to the airport. So basically, if you haven't gotten there yet, and not everyone's coming from Kabul, they're coming from other parts of the country, uh, you may be on your own. Now, the uh, Pentagon, uh, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and Lloyd Austin, who is the defense secretary, both are generals who have served, uh, Mark, uh, Lloyd Austin, a retired general, have served uh, and led troops in Afghanistan. So they said this is very personal to them, and they understand the anguish of many veterans who have spent the better part of the last 20 years fighting to make sure this never happened and to see it collapse in such a spectacular way so quickly is heartbreaking not only to them but everyone else in the military. Yeah. But in the meantime, their their mission now is really just getting Americans and uh, Afghans who help the U.S. out of that country as quickly as possible. Yeah, I thought it was so stunning that both of them said that the uh, the troops that would be there at the airport really didn't have the capacity uh, to expand the perimeter around the airport beyond uh, what it already is. And uh, as you said, Andy, it's uh, everyone's kind of on their own to, to, to get to the to get to the airfield there uh, in order to, to be evacuated. Uh, one of the things that we've been following, and I'd love your take on this, Andy, is uh, we've kind of expanded the view a little bit in a lot of the analysis. And I think we have to go beyond just the 20 years that we have been there. I think we have to look at the 20 years that the, the Soviet Union was there and others have been there. And, and this 
really this never-ending cycle of violence and revenge, uh, which seems to have been in the country. Some are wondering if uh, the the end of this era uh, of the United States presence and war there, that uh, they just want to, you know, will there be, obviously there will be a, a cycle of revenge, uh, although the Taliban seems to have held at least off a little bit. Uh, but how do you see that playing out? Is there a space in there where peace with the people could begin? You would hope. Uh, look, Afghanistan is not like, uh, unlike any other country. They need money to make the country go. And their prime export for many years was poppy, which right. turned into heroin. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of, that you, you don't, you don't see Martin says made in Afghanistan. You don't see a lot of those products. Uh, so they need some kind of trade with the rest of the world in order to exist economically. Uh, they can't just keep relying on, on sources. And, and we're told that Saudi Arabia has perhaps given a lot of money to the Taliban. I just read a story about that, although I don't have any original reporting on that to back that up. Uh, but what's interesting is you cannot run a country without an economy. We've seen that in Russia. Russia has, you know, is 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 a very impoverished country uh, with a lot of military yeah. uh, capability. So if if that's the case, it's really going to be up to the Taliban to say, what are we going to do uh, to get the people on our side? You cannot rule as a conquering force over a group of people unless they sign on to it. Yeah. I also want to get one another uh, quick take uh, from you, Andy, uh, just if you're hearing anything from your sources back there. Uh, as late as last evening, uh, the White House was confirming that the president hadn't spoken uh, to any of our allies uh, since the fall of Kabul, uh, whereas you had Boris Johnson, who you know immediately recalled Parliament uh, to come in and talk just about Afghanistan. Of course, the House and the Senate are both uh, out of session this week. Uh, are you hearing any rumblings uh, from your sources in terms of conversations either with Congress or with our allies coming out of the White House? Well, I, apparently late last night, the White House put a statement out that the president did indeed talk to Boris Johnson. Uh, but he's the only ally that we know that President Biden hasn't has spoken about this with. And the U.S., of course, has quite a few allies, including many uh, in NATO and in the U.N. that have fought alongside the U.S. over these last 20 years. So that seems a bit odd that he would not have consulted in any way, shape or form with these folks. But uh, well, I'm sure we'll learn more when he comes out to speak in just a short while. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Andy Fields, uh, colleague from ABC News, uh, correspondent based out of Washington, D.C. He's covered five White House administrations. Andy, always appreciate your perspective on this. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's Andy Fields from ABC News. And we're standing by any moment. The president is expected to speak uh, as uh, questions continue to mount over what's going on in Afghanistan. Who knew what, when, where and why? All of those things. A lot of the finger pointing and placing blame game is is in full swing. Uh, The more important thing, I think, is what the uh, generals have said today in terms of the primary goal is keeping the airport secure and picking up the pace, uh, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, said that that was uh, his primary goals were to sec- maintain the security around the airport and then to accelerate the pace of evacuations for those who want to leave the country, starting with U.S. citizens uh, and then uh, some of our allies. And then, of course, the Afghanis who have served as 
interpreters, as guides, as contractors to the U.S. military over the course of the last two decades. And so we're going to continue to monitor all of that here on KSL News Radio. When the president speaks, we will bring that to you. Uh, and we are hearing some chatter. Uh, that the president may actually take some questions during this press conference. The primary focus of the press conference is around vaccines and boosters uh, moving into the fall, what that might mean, especially for uh, those who received early vaccines early in the year when things were just getting rolling. Uh, eight months seems to be the number that we're hearing in terms of uh, when you should get a booster, about eight months after the uh, second dose of whatever uh, type you have received uh, but again, we're just standing by to hear from President Biden uh, what he is uh, issuing or authorizing there uh, in terms of that uh, booster shot uh, rolling into the to the winter months. And my guess is if he takes any questions, the questions will likely center in Afghanistan and what is taking place there. And we're going to continue to cover all of that here on KSL News Radio. We're going to go ahead and uh, step aside just a little early for our bottom of the hour news so we can get that in before President Biden steps to the microphone. I'm Boyd Matheson. You're listening to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Much more to come. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.